Hey, it's Jeff, and I'm happy to announce that Skylar and I will be collaborating on a series of retreats in 2024 at Commune Topanga. The first one is happening April 5th through 7th. Now, these weekends are really designed to foster greater balance in your life. The well-being, as I've discovered in all of its expressions, springs forth from balance. We seek to balance our relationships, balance our budgets, and of course, balance our blood sugar levels. So if health emerges from balance, well, illness stems from imbalances, and we see evidence of imbalances all around us, from imbalanced immune systems and hormones to emotional disequilibrium. So if you break down the root cause of virtually all of our modern imbalances, you will find that they come from our convenience culture, sedentary indoor temperature-controlled lives filled with a surfeit of shelf-stable refined calories and a dearth of in-real-life connections. Well, these retreats upend convenience culture. They're all about realigning our biology to foster balance, homeostasis. So this will include movement like yoga and hiking sessions, focusing the mind through meditation and breath work, optional ice plunges and saunas, and enjoying delicious farm-sourced meals around big communal tables. I'll also be reading some of my favorite commusings as we snuggle around the fire at night. When's the last time you've been read a story? So I hope you can join us at our Balance Weekend Retreat. The first one is happening April 5th through 7th at Commune Topanga with support from our dear friends at Bevo Barefoot. So just go to onecommune.com retreat for more info. And I'll see you in the Santa Monica Mountains. Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasnow. Today on the show, you'll hear a Blinkist shortcast episode titled Changing Our Plastic Story. Now, Blinkist is this cool app that gives you key essential messages from more than 5,500 nonfiction books and podcasts sent right to your smartphone to read and to listen to. So Blinkist has taken a number of the Commune podcasts and produced them in really interesting, unique ways. So I'm going to feature a few of those episodes here on the Commune podcast. So in this episode, I was joined by the self-described plastic-free mermaid, Catherine Nelson. Catherine's lived free from disposable plastics for 10 years now. So we discuss the pervasive problems brought on by the plastics we use in our homes and in our everyday life, and how it is particularly harmful to the Earth's oceans. Catherine challenges the efficacy of plastic recycling and suggests that the real solution to our plastic problem is to, quote unquote, turn off the tap of plastic production by targeting corporations, which she acknowledges will be a heavy lift. By emphasizing the power of cultural and social norms in influencing change, Catherine provides optimism for the future of our oceans with suggestions for mutual support in bringing about the positive shifts that we need in behavior to tips for reducing plastic consumption and adopting a new way of seeing the world to better foster a more sustainable lifestyle. Okay, but before we dive in, I have a teeny favor to ask of you. Here at Commune, we are super curious. What topics do you wanna hear about on the podcast next year? Well, you can go to onecommune.com 
slash 2024 survey. That's onecommune.com slash 2024 survey to let us know. And who knows, we may create a whole episode inspired by your idea. So thanks so much for being involved. And without further delay, I now present to you, Catherine Nelson. Today's episode is about one of the biggest problems that we are collectively facing today, plastic. We use plastic in almost everything. There's plastic in our homes, plastic in our food packaging. There's even plastic in this microphone that I'm speaking into. I think the one that is most shocking is our clothing. When we wash our clothing, thousands of micro synthetic threads are shaken loose. This is the voice of Kate Nelson. Little, little threads are shaken loose and that goes out into the ocean. And Kate, well, Kate loves the ocean. So I free dive and I surf and I sail and I love the ocean, I love the ocean, love the ocean. And that's exactly why Kate's decided to become what she calls a plastic-free mermaid. I'm plastic-free mermaid. I haven't used single-use plastics for a decade. Because right now, one of the biggest costs from all this plastic consumption is being paid for by our ocean. And oceans cover 71% of the surface of our planet. The ocean gives us oxygen, food, and water. In brief, the ocean gives us life. But because this massive body of water is so vast, we're not always aware of what's happening in it or even on it. For example, have you heard about gyres? Well, gyres are massive conglomerations of waste consolidated by oceanic currents. There's currently a gyre twice the size of Texas floating in the Pacific Ocean between California and Hawaii. It creates this kind of dead spot where life can't really survive because there's big chunks of um, marine litter like nets and rope and discarded laundry tubs and just huge bits of plastic. And then it's all broken down into these tiny little fragments or pieces. Now you might be picturing gyres now like a giant island made of trash, but actually you can't really see them because once the trash is broken down into all these bits, the consistency of it resembles more of a soup than a tangible island which you could stand on. You know, you can't separate out those plastics because they're the same size as the phytoplankton. Um, how do you clean that? So we've created an underwater wasteland with millions of plastic particles floating around, which are almost impossible to capture or clean up. And trust me, Kate has tried. She's collected plastic from the Great Pacific Trash Gyre. She's lobbied government officials, founded an environmental nonprofit, and also written a book called I Quit Plastics and You Can Too. Today, Kate joins us to talk about what we can do as a community to solve this plastic problem. But before we can look at solutions, let's talk about recycling for a moment and why recycling isn't the big solution that we once thought it was. 
recycling was invented by the plastics industry. So like, okay, how do we make people feel better about all this plastic that they're just throwing away? Oh, let's create a separate bin for all of these materials and say, don't worry, we're gonna repurpose, we're gonna recycle these things into equal materials. But the quick research on the internet will tell you that only 9% of all plastic waste ever produced has been recycled. About 12% has been burned and the rest, a staggering 79%, accumulates in the environment and is never recycled. And even these 9% that we count as recycled aren't actually really recycled. Now we know that it's not actually being recycled. Things get downcycled, plastic can be downcycled, but unlike metal and glass and, and um, paper that can be recycled into something of equal value, plastic can't really. And the reason why plastic often can't be recycled is because there are so many different kinds of plastic and not all types can be repurposed. And secondly, it has to be really, really clean. So a big chunk of the plastic that technically could be reused, like water bottles, for example, if they're tainted in any way, if they're printed with ink or have a sticky glue from a label or any kind of other chemical treatment, they can't be recycled. Plastic absorbs toxins in its environment. Mm. So recycling plastic into something that we could eat or drink out of just is unsafe. So when we say recycling, what we really mean is just downcycling, which basically means turning plastic into some other kind of plastic, which doesn't decompose either. Plastic does not biodegrade. It takes about a thousand years to break down into the environment. And in that lifespan of a thousand years, it doesn't just break down like a banana peel, but it breaks up into millions of tiny little fragments or pieces. First, the size of a fingernail, like a macroplastic, then smaller, like the size of a sesame seed, like a microplastic, and then beyond, we can't even see it with the human eye anymore, it's, it's a nanoplastic. Um, and then these little bits make their way out into the ocean, and they're ingested by microorganisms as well as a range of sea creatures, which then works its way up the food chain. Mm. So if we're eating fish, if we're eating meat that have been eating plastic, all of those negative toxins are bigger in our bodies. This isn't the only way that plastic makes it into our bodies. It also leaches. So when a plastic container is storing anything with fat or anything that's hot, it's gonna leach into that food or drink. So if you have a latte with milk in there, it's gonna leach to that milk. And if you're getting takeout in a plastic box or um, you're microwaving food in plastic, the plastic chemicals are gonna transfer into your food or drink. And if something's sitting on a shelf for a really long time in plastic, it's gonna leach. Um, and what these chemicals do, they actually act like estrogen in our bodies. They travel through our bloodstream and trigger all of our estrogen sensors or receptors around our body. And this disrupts our endocrine system and, and eventually our reproductive systems and leads to all sorts of diseases. So plastic is poisoning our environment and it's also poisoning us. And recycling, as we just learned, is just not a solution. So what is? The real solution to all of this is turning off the tap of plastics. So just stopping the extraction of oil and the production and the manufacture of all these plastic products. How do we do that? You know, we try to target these corporations, but they've got immense resources. And as normal citizens, we might not necessarily have the resources to lobby against these giant corporations. So again, what do we do? Well, we do have control over the way plastic consumption is culturally and socially perceived, and that can be extremely powerful. 
Social law can be so much stronger than a political law. Like when someone smokes, it used to be cool. And now it's like, oh, ew, I can't believe, it. you know, it's, we created that. We as a culture have largely changed the way we think about smoking over the past couple decades, which led to banning smoking in all public places. I mean, can you imagine when I was a kid, it was possible to smoke on an airplane. And now just a couple of decades later, exposing someone to secondhand smoke is a moral stigma. And that's a perfect example of how to influence an issue that initially can paralyze us by its enormity. And in terms of our social circles and our communities, how can we create these social norms for solving environmental issues? How can we be the ones to lead with, with grace instead of pressing this and, and making it that aggressive, like um, environmentalism can also be pitched and promoted as a way to, to serve our health and to serve our bodies. Um, because plastic is actually contaminating and poisoning us on a daily basis, leading to infertility and cancer and obesity and depression and all of these things that you know, we're actively trying to avoid by leading healthy lives. Leading healthy lives can't really reverse the damage created by our everyday intake of plastic. So going on a detox or on a yoga retreat in nature, etc., is not a solution because the source of the problem lies in our everyday lifestyle and choices. If we want to quit something as pervasive and ubiquitous as plastic, we need to understand that we're not separate from nature, that we can't act as if what's going on in nature is something out there and doesn't impact us. Like we are not better or bigger than anything in nature. We always are connected to nature. We breathe air, we drink water, we eat food that grows from soil, but we've created all of these synthetic barriers. We've built houses around ourselves and walls and we pump synthetic air through our buildings and we package our food in synthetic materials. So we've manufactured that separation. And maybe a part of the reason we created this mental separation from nature is because once you really think about what's happening in our environment, like when you really start thinking about these soup-like gyres, it's so easy to get completely overwhelmed and paralyzed by the enormity of the problem. So a lot of us just go numb. I mean, I don't know about you, but I immediately begin feeling anxious. So it's totally understandable that we create this barrier or separation as Kate describes it. So to really overturn the systems that are so deeply embedded in our society, we need to harness the power of the critical mass. It's not about suddenly becoming plastic-free overnight, but changing your habits through baby steps. Well, first of all, quit the obvious ones. Quit single-use plastic bags, bring your own bags. Um, quit using single-use plastic water bottles or drink bottles, bring your own bottle. Um, and if you forget these things, go without, or use a cup, try and find some other vessel, or use a cardboard box at the grocery store to get your groceries out. Um, bring your own coffee cup, start bringing your reusables, change where you shop, shop at the farmer's markets, um, support local makers, those small local food movements, um, shop bulk, go to the refill centers, bring your own containers. Um, so just changing how we're consuming. So instead of just blindly consuming and trusting all these corporations that are delivering us all these packaged products, um, kind of coming back into ourself and, and seeing how we can make little changes day to day. You know, bring our own materials, make things at home. 
I make all my bath products. I make much of my food products at home. And you don't need to start by making your own soap or your own toothpaste. You can start by making an apple pie at home instead of buying one wrapped in plastic at the supermarket. Or as Kate says, bringing your own container to the store. It basically comes down to approaching everything you do as a mindfulness practice, trying to reconnect with nature and seeing yourself and your actions as contributing to the healing or the harm of our planet. It's about adopting a new way of seeing the world and fostering a new lifestyle. And that's what makes these changes sustainable. It can be really overwhelming to think, oh, I have to make all my stuff. I have to bring things. I don't know how I'm going to change my routine. But when you look at this as like this beautiful, holistic lifestyle, that all makes sense. That all is easy. And so the more we adopt this as a lifestyle, the more power we have to change our plastic story. We are slowly beginning to transform the way we think and behave. So it's so important that we stay optimistic and support each other in creating a better tomorrow for ourselves and for our planet. Thank you for listening to this short cast of the Commune Podcast. Now, if you enjoy this show and would like to receive 30 days of free all access to Commune membership, well, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Scroll down to the review section and tap write a review. Then email support at onecommune.com with a screenshot of your review, preferably a good one, to gain access to more than 130 courses featuring the world's top authors and thought leaders, all free for 30 days. And while you're there, of course, make sure you're subscribed. And don't forget to answer our most burning question. What do you want to hear about on the podcast next year? Just go to onecommune.com slash 2024 survey and let us know. Of course, feel free to reach out to me directly anytime at jeffk at onecommune.com. And lastly, I'd like to thank the folks that make this show possible week over week, including Jacob Lau, Megan Stone, Violet Augustine, Cooper Mall, Silvana Alcala, Wellington Gonzalez, and Ryan Tillotson. Okay, that's all from the commune for today. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I am here for you. Hey, it's Jeff. And when it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder and reach farther and go that extra mile. Well, this relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, your DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized 
and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance for the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist right there in your pocket. If you're interested in this innovative service, I've got great news for Commune listeners. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash Dr. G. That's insidetracker.com forward slash DRG.